today's global gaming marketplace, your players want to pay how they want, when they want, and where they want. Accepting localized forms of payments and keeping up with what's trending is key to growing your gaming business and to finding new untapped markets. That's where Exola Payments comes in. With just one simple integration, you'll be connected to over 700 localized preferred payment methods on a global scale including bank cards, digital wallets, mobile payments, cash kiosks, gift cards, special offers, and more. Plus, with Exola acting as your merchant of record, they assume the risk of cost of complex VATs, sales taxes, laws, and regulations. Leave every transaction to the experts while you focus on retaining and expanding your audience. You can get started today. Just head over to exola.pro slash paystation or look for the link in the description of this episode. Exola Payments, it's what your gaming business needs to succeed. Recur is a world-class NFT platform working with game creators looking to build with NFTs. Don't go through the time, hassle, cost, and risk of building your own tech. Recur provides an institutional-grade secure platform for creators and an easy-to-use experience for users. Recur's one-of-a-kind metagaming service allows game creators to make compelling collecting games with NFTs that drive game economies. If you are a mid- to large-sized developer or publisher looking to enter the world of Web3, contact Recur at RecurForever.com to become a platform partner. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I'm your host today, Mishka Gatkov. And as always, amazing guests, uh, I have Raz Friedman, known as the first employee of Playtika, now turned, at, who has taken the red pill and has turned into a Web3 guy. Raz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And, and we have the, uh, the supplier of red pills, Shahaf Bergeffen, founder of Koti Group, partner at Frequence, uh, the essential crypto guy. Uh, crypto OG, since you've been at it since 2015. Uh, Shahaf, uh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And good to see you through this because I've seen you face to face and nobody makes me laugh more than you. So uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I, I, I truly appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Happy to supply red pills any day. <laughs> exactly. So, so this episode is all about shilling the red pills. We're going to talk about everything and anything about my favorite subject, which is Web3, <laughs> and, um, and I, wanted to, I wanted to kick off the, um, well, I want to first give you guys a chance to introduce a little bit about yourself, so not only, you know, my, quote, funny introduction, but actually the real introduction. So, uh, Shahav, would you like to kind of open up uh, about your past in Web3? Sure. Well, first of all, we are uh, Uncaged. We are a Web3 gaming studio uh, with our first uh, title coming this year called uh, Monkey League. Um, Raz is the big cheese, but uh, my background is, is Web3. Indeed, as you've mentioned, been in the space since uh, 2015. Um, I actually started a company back at 2006 called uh, Web3, uh, which is an, uh, an amazing outlook for the future, but it actually did something very different. Um, so yeah, I've been in the space since 2015, um, founded the layer one protocol called uh, Koti, um, founded a DeFi protocol uh, called the Crypto Volatility Index, and I'm a partner at Frequence, which is a major hedge fund, hedge 
fund in the space. Uh, so yeah, essentially, I'm uh, I'm the crypto guy. Um, I'll let Raz uh, introduce uh, himself, but uh, Raz is. Uh, He's always very shy, so I would just say that Raz is considered by many as, uh, as the free-to-play OG and one of the best game makers in the space. Uh, so I'll let him introduce himself. But other than Raz, we are 40 people in Tel Aviv, uh, all really top talents. And I think what makes us unique in that sense is that um, as a Web3 gaming studio, we do have you know, deep expertise both in, in Web3 and in gaming, and we're bringing all of that into Uncaged. Uh, but without further ado, here is the big cheese, Lars Friedman. Thank you so much. So for me, again, I'm just a game maker. No, nothing more than just a game maker. Uh, started my uh, path uh, when Facebook opened uh, the first API, so kind of got my first uh, projects running through Facebook applications at the time where people had uh, social interactions and had, okay, I have one million users, now what? Um, then I saw all the companies, you know, uh, digging nice things, Zynga, Playfish, Playdom, you know, this uh, movement back then, and I had a chance to join Playtica and actually follow that path. Um, going first of all to the to the Russian social networks. This is kind of the mentality of how we started, but uh, immediately we found ourselves uh, going into uh, Facebook and uh, kind of uh, initiating um, uh, a genre in the, in the space. I feel that the second opportunity was to see the second revolution of the smartphones with the app stores and stuff. Also, we had a chance to be there quite fast. Uh, and along the years, I had, uh, I had many projects that I'm proud of and I enjoyed. One of, uh, uh, one of them is WSOP Poker, where I was uh, taking a team in Montreal of 30 people from EA, mm -hmm. and we had the chance to fight Zynga Poker. It was a nice, it was a hell of a fight. <laughs> um, and later on, uh, moving Platica to, uh, to the casual, enjoying, you know, uh, joining Wuga and seriously, and so many other good people to, uh, to the family. Got a lot of insights re related to managing ga games, operating games, structures, roadmaps, people. Um, but then wanted to go back to the one thing that I love most is making games, going back to the startup mode, seeing this uh, revolution coming of the Web3, and uh, we will talk about that uh, in a few uh, minutes, so this yeah. is how it all comes. Actually, Raz, I'm curious, how did you meet Shahab? Uh, we met at the age of uh, 18 in the Army. Oh, so you're uh, a pilot? So we were, yeah, I'm, I'm a transport pilot. Hmm. Um, I like Shahaf is a jet fighter, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a more. Uh, yeah, he, he, yeah. Yeah, I can does, take does you guys. Fly. I can take you guys uh, to your vacation. Yeah. <laughs> to <a> Cyprus. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I can just ruin the vacation for everybody once I get here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. That makes sense. That's that's how that's how actually uh, I don't know if, how people are familiar with Israeli startups, but that's quite often. Uh, the founding teams have met in the uh, in the military in in some function and and um, common story uh, for for uh, for Israeli startups. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right, let's go into let's go into Web three gaming. So as of late, something that I've been reading and something that most people have been reading about is first actually getting ravaged for that cool six hundred million. Um, Dapper Labs transactions are quite down. Uh, I was trying to find the numbers, but I think at one point they were down to a tenth of what they were from the height. Uh, the valuations of, of Web3 gaming companies have been um, sky high, I think, is a too low of a, of, a, of a definition for the valuations. They've been outrageous, to say the least. And at the same time, we haven't seen really the same kind of a growth of the player base. So where are we now with, with Web3 Gaming? Uh, what has changed and why should people who still don't care about Web3 Gaming, why should they start be, start caring now? Uh, well, I'll get into that, but you know, maybe just to say one thing, you know, when um, I just recently heard a podcast of uh, Mark Zuckerberg at uh, mm -hmm. the Tim Ferriss show and, um, and he said, you know, when I, Mark said, uh, when I uh, bought WhatsApp for a billion dollar, people were like, why would you do this is extremely high and he said and you know what kind of makes sense now mm -hmm. so i guess it's it you know just looking into the future um i think down the line all of this uh will make a lot of sense but you know maybe before diving into what web3 games are because there are a lot of misconceptions maybe uh maybe a definition to what web3 is and what a web3 game uh is actually um and you know and again, referencing to uh, Chris Dixon, Val Ravinkar, and a bunch of others, uh, they have very cool definitions of what uh, Web3 is. Um, Chris Dixon said that you know, the Web3 is uh, the internet owned by builders and users uh, orchestrated with tokens, right? So uh, you know, tokens are a mechanism to give value and control to, to users uh, rather than a centralized company. Now, um, what does it all mean? So if we had you know, Web1, Think about you know Yahoo in the early day. This was just read, um, and along came uh, Web two, and it was you know read write everything from you know user generated content to the platforms that we uh, actually see today. And and I guess you know in the early days you know and I was there, um, there was a big debate about user generated content, say around videos. People like, were like you know why would people ever want to watch? Uh, user-generated video when you have all these high-production, uh, you know, films and, and, and series coming out. Like, why would anybody ever want to watch this? Or, you know, Wikipedia was the same thing. You know, why would anybody ever want to read uh, a definition of something that was written by a bunch of users uh, when they can read Britannica? And it doesn't make sense these days, you know. For, for Generation Z, it just looks ridiculous. Uh, the debate itself seems uh, ridiculous. And what Web3 um, actually is, is uh, read, write, and own. So the fact that uh, the protocols themselves or the platforms uh, have these tokens, NFTs, everything, uh, and, the, and the builders and, and the creators, everybody share this, is, is pretty big. It's revolutionary. And, and it reflects not just to games. It just reflects on, on, on the entire Internet. And it has been twisted a bit to... Uh, a fight between centralized and decentralized platform. And, and this is not what it's all about. It's just about, you know, just making the internet better. Um, and it's just uh, a new dimension that is now open to creation. Uh, and I guess we'll see a lot of very cool things uh, around this. So, you know, with GameFi and, and why would this uh, matter? So GameFi um, roughly refers to uh, games that are built 
on on Web three technologies uh, and and kind of democratize in, in all aspects of gaming and puts the you know the main power uh, in the hands of players instead of confining it to one central authority um, within a game. But why is that even good? Why would that uh, uh, matter? Uh, and the fact is, is that you know, player-owned ecosystems in gaming uh, is still one of the fastest-growing sectors of all tech, not just games. Uh, and and the top VCs are investing, you know, in the billions, uh, whether it's mm -hmm. A16Z uh, or Griffin, Sequoia, uh, and and more. Um, and and how do we think about Web3 games? I mean, what is actually a Web3 game, and and how does it work? So. The idea is that uh, the ownership of all game assets belongs to the player. So players uh, have the ownership of the in-game currency. Uh, you know, think about Fortnite. Think about you owning the characters, the skins, the, the V-Bucks, everything. Uh, you own it as a player. So you invest in it, and it's yours, and it remains yours, even if the game is discontinued or, or you're deplatformed. Um, and, and then you're portable. So you can either you know, sell it in the market or take it to another game if another game uh, want to use the same assets. So you know, this is like the whole metaverse uh, uh, vision. And, and the developers in this space actually provide you know, the Lego bricks. Uh, and we can provide the, the Lego bricks and even the first instructions of how to build the first thing and, and even build it. Uh, but it, the idea is that you, know, you build this digital nation uh, and, and players can, can vote or decide or actually act within this nation uh, because they are the, the ones that will be you know, mostly impacted uh, but, but how you build things. And, and it's not just UGC. It's, it's the economy itself that the users own. Um, so it's kind of like Web2, but with uh, an economy, economical uh, platform uh, uh, baked into this. And a lot can be done. Uh, with these Lego bricks, and, and I'll tell you all about it in a second, but probably Raz uh, would like to weigh in uh, with this. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's uh, sometimes creating games is around uh, passion and around um, the fact that, you know, um, for the first time, you know, I've been creating many games, but for the first time, uh, there is a really uh, phase of creating the game together with the community. Uh, it's maybe a little bit like uh, uh, a Kickstarter concept that, uh, you know, didn't take it to the next level, but when people are invited to be part of the uh, supporting community and also the feedback loop uh, of creating games, it really affects the, 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 the game creation. Like today, when I'm creating a game to a mobile, usually it takes like three years before you go and, t and put something out. Here the community is allowing you to put the MVP, to put the first feature, to focus on stuff that, you know, again, it's all just starting and companies that are doing high production values like we decided to do will need to survive business-wise this process. But it's totally a, a, a different uh, a process. And I think that um, since I'm a game designer that always had uh, the big passion to the economy, and the challenge of not owning the economy, like you know, doing WSOP, doing other games, the 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 ability of of the of the developer to control the economy is huge. Here, the challenge is really to create a, a, a monetary policy of the economy, and to know that you will need to kind of create something that is a 
mutual and owned by the players, which is for me exciting, amazing, and it's a it's a new era um, mm. in terms of uh, game creation. So. A lot of things said, uh, ownership metaverse, valuations of funding, role of the community, um, decentralized game economy. So let's start breaking those things up. Uh, Roz, I can start with you. Decentralized game economy. I mean, I've, I've been making games as well. I understand the role of economy. It's, it's everything. Um, and you said it's difficult. Is it close to impossible? Like, like how, are you, how are you thinking about it? And what are you thinking in terms of genres that work with decentralized economy? Is it... Can, can all types so, of game work? So, or? So, so only time will tell because as a market mm -hmm. maker, as a pioneer, you will never mm -hmm. know if you can make it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, for me, for me, everything is doable. I'm coming <laughs> also with the computer science uh, degree. So for me, everything is algorithm. Everything is uh, mm -hmm. something you keep on working until it works. But when I want to talk about these economies, like, again, in, in economy, when I manage a, a mobile regular or, I don't know how to say, a Web 2 game, uh, 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 then just think about inflation. I want to do inflation, I can do inflation. Here, I, you cannot really control the, the economy. It's going back to uh, a way that, you know, we will need to have some new levers, you know, talking about uh, flying the airplane. Uh, and also uh, these kind of uh, steering and levers, they will need to be uh, uh, in a combination with the community, with the interests. We will need to uh, protect the economy from, uh, you know, uh, bad people trying to, uh, you know, to uh, ruin it and to exploit it. And in a way, I think that it's not that we're not going to see the same structures that we see in different type of games. You will mm -hmm. see tournaments, you will see daily missions, you will see, you know, stuff, but it all needs to be really uh, taken into the consideration of being live. And, and for me, by the way, listen, Axe Infinity is promising huge value for the last few years. And now when the value they're promising is going down, it uh, starts to be, uh, for certain crowds, not attractive. But this mm -hmm. is not what we're trying to build. We're not trying to build a magic uh, machine printing money for everybody. This will not happen, okay? But we, mm -hmm. will try to, we will try to create an economy that if you're skilled, if you're investing time and efforts, if mm -hmm. you learn the system along the time, if you decided to spend your time in this world that we're creating, mm -hmm. okay? You won't, for sure, lose money while buying the entertainment. There will be also good odds that you will make money. And this can take us also to the idea, okay, that is currently belong only to the eSports, yeah, that people will maybe make a living from playing, you know, uh, joining uh, as, a, as a, someone that needs to learn the, 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 the world that is going to work in or to be spent time in. And obviously, it will be in, uh, in, in, a, in a, for me, it's, it's going to be at the end a zero-based game. When someone's mm -hmm. going to win, someone's going to lose. But today, when I go into a game or my kid is going to a game playing Fortnite, putting $500 on the table easily, getting good entertainment, I love the game, okay? But he won't be able to put it back, you know, to the pocket and... You know, fund his next game. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you kind of stuck with it. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's been always the um, the argument for the Web three game, and and as a player, I do understand that. As a customer, I do understand the benefit of it. As a as a developer, uh, I find it very difficult as a concept, essentially, just by the sense of. Let's say one. Well, Fortnite is. A, let's say one of us is Fortnite. One of us is Call of Duty. I don't want you taking your stuff from other game, paying it there, and bringing it here. I want you to buy the stuff from here. But those are. I mean, we've had those conversations with with other founders on on this podcast who are essentially even focusing on the skins themselves that are transferable through different metaverses. But what what I wanted to ask, um, probably this is for Shahaf, is like um, since you talked about. Um, you know who invests and, and overall investors in this space. Uh, essentially, everybody tries to invo- invest in Web three. All the big funds are investing, and some of them more than the others. But what what is your what is your take on two things? One is the valuations, uh, and the second thing is funding in tokens, which is something that we've seen a lot, especially with uh, with blockchain companies actually coming in as co investors, not taking any equity but giving you tokens instead. That's a very new type of a concept, and, and that's, that's, a, that's something that I would like to, to hear from somebody who's probably raising at the moment uh, to, to hear kind of your take on it. Sure, and, and obviously this is, you know, has a wider perspective because uh, essentially crypto funding is not different than, than game funding, right? It's, it's, it's all the same, and the questions about uh, equity versus tokens versus a combination is, is relevant. And valuation um, is the same thing. So, look, regarding valuations, I think time will tell, right? Because uh, um, referencing earlier to, you know, WhatsApp, I think I remember when WhatsApp was acquired for a billion dollars, it seemed ridiculous mm-hmm. to some. Instagram. Uh, that was Instagram, right? Instagram. Yeah, WhatsApp was yeah. even higher, 14, right? It still makes 14 billion. Yeah. yeah. It still makes a lot of sense, right? Um, so, I think, you know, price is what you pay, value is what you get, right? So, I guess we'll see... Uh, over time, and um, and if you invested in you know crypto companies in the protocol levels back at uh, 2017, at least in some of them, uh, there were no other great investments, uh, com- any comparables, right? If you mm-hmm. invested in Ethereum in, in the ICO, uh, that would have made a killer investment, right? Yeah. So I guess it's it's again. Um, not probably not all studios or companies deserve the value that they get, um, and some are undervalued, uh, and some are just right. Uh, it's it's you know a lot of it uh, will not survive over time, um, but the winners I think will be grand, because if Web three is the revolution that that it kind of turns out you know to be uh, over time then you do want to be in this space very early on, right? And it's, uh, and the value, the multiples uh, will, will not matter uh, at this stage, whether it's, you know, if you did 100x or 1,000x, it's, the winners in this space will be very big. Um, mm-hmm. Regarding, you know, how the funding process actually, actually works, and, and yes, we are actually, you know, now finalizing our Series A, so we've been in this uh, for quite a while now, and, and so, if you invest in the protocol level, tokens make a lot of sense because this is how everybody are, are incentivized, right? So, for instance, there's no point in investing in the Ethereum foundation, but you do want to get Ethereum at a lower price uh, when they just uh, did their first token release. Mm-hmm. 
if you're investing in a revenue-oriented you know, company, you want to buy equity, right? Game studios, like Uncaged is, is actually a very good mix of, of both because with every new economy that is created through the studio and every game is an economy and then you have these meta economies like, uh, like for instance, with Monkey League, there is Monkey Bucks, which is you know, kind of like V-Bucks in Fortnite, mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm. in-game currency. Um, and, but it's a franchise, right? There will be other games related to Monkey League. Monkey League is soccer. There will be Monkey League maybe for basketball, baseball, and so on and so forth. Um, so it will be the same token, and, and, and maybe you have like a platform token governing uh, everything. So all of this creates a lot of value, right? We've created uh, with this first token release, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in, in, uh, in value. Um, but the studio itself does generate revenue. So when you sell the in-game assets like NFTs or mm-hmm. the in-game currency, that actually generates uh, revenue. And again, uh, depending on who you are and what you do, but you know, in the millions. Um, all of these transactions, royalties, secondary market sales, um, in-store fees, all of that can translate to substantial value. And that is captured on the equity level right, with the IP and everything. So when we set to do the Series A for, for Uncaged, um, mm-hmm. we've realized that what we need to do is actually uh, let investors buy both equity and tokens so they are completely aligned with what the founders have, um, and, and this is how we've uh, structured uh, the round. So in terms of valuation, you know, maybe the equity is on, on the high side, but there is a, an amazing hedge to the valuation coming from the tokens, which are completely liquid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, um, you know, I believe that you know Uncage will be one of the winners. Uh, this is why we we are focused on that, um, and I think the value will make a lot of sense. What is the what is the risk of of, uh, of token investment? Like, but meaning, if uh, if an investor wants to leave, well, if they you know, after two years, they, they said, okay, we're not in for this ride. We're going to sell our tokens. Does that crash your economy? Well, it depends or... on liquidity, right? So mm-hmm. I think tokens, you know, tokens uh, tokens tend to be a lot more volatile than, uh, than equity. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the reason is, of course, is the fact that they are liquid, right? If, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, and then it relates to trading volume. So, for instance... Um, if your economy has, has been running, as you said, for a few years, um, probably the trading volume is high enough to sustain sell-offs of, of some investors that uh, you know may want to leave at, uh, at that stage. Um, so you know, it, it, it's not different than maybe a stock traded in the market. If the volume mm-hmm. is high enough, people can sell and other people will buy. Uh, so I see this more as a de-risk more than, than a risk because you are – you know, if, if you've bought equity at a company and that's what you have, you're, you're in it for the long ride, right? You need mm-hmm. to wait for an IPO, secondary, or, or, or a sale. And, and these are rare, as, as we know it, right? Um, but tokens give you liquidity very early on, and this is why it's so attractive. Um, in fact, you know, some of the – and it's, it's, it's funny, but, you know, some of the funds that you speak with these days will tell you we don't have a mandate to buy shares. We just have a mandate to buy uh, tokens. Or, hmm. you know, the gaming guilds out there will tell you, we don't have a mandate to buy tokens. We just have a mandate to buy NFTs uh, because this is what we're looking for. 
Um, mm. So value can be captured in many ways. Um, I think it probably makes sense, and it's also, you know, the decent thing to do is to allow investors to be very aligned with the team and have the same sort of incentives, um, and, and this is how we've structured our round. That makes sense. Uh, and, Ross, something you were talking about is, you know, three years from, uh, from uh, early concept to launching a game on mobile or, you know, Web 2. When it comes to to blockchain game like what are you seeing here like how different it is how quickly you get to concept validation market you talked about the role of the community uh can you talk a little bit about the difference of making games for for web3 versus the previous games that you've been making yeah so 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 for me again since uh since creating a game is uh, is much more than creating the game design um then uh, currently we have the technology barriers Okay, and we are working uh, very fast to understand how to actually allow a game to live with all the blockchain structures needed and actually taking a lot of responsibility to the flow you mentioned at the beginning of the talk, the, the accidents that has sometimes happened in these uh, economies. So for me, even thinking about uploading a configuration of changes in the game, in the economy, it has to be, you know, checked uh, uh, well before and not manually. I'm talking uh, uh, processes uh, and stuff like that. So actually, once the infrastructure will be out, you will see the pace going much faster. Currently, mm -hmm. uh, in a way, we're choosing the, the economy loops that are uh, easy to balance, and we're thinking about creating a mechanic that will uh, create uh, always tested economy before it goes out. Just to have like a, just a little bit like a test-driven uh, development concept. When you write a test here, we want to have these tests running on the economy, so we have a very mm -hmm. uh, safe economy and, and development uh, uh, structure. In our case, currently, we chose, uh, you know, an accessible game. We chose a game that, you know, first of all, me, uh, especially, I don't like uh, shooting games. I had mm -hmm. uh, enough war, uh, you know, involved in my, uh, in my life. So we chose a sport-like game, and we're looking for creating a strategic, but yet something that will really kind of simulate the sports scene, buying players, you know, selling them back, building your team, going into, uh, you know, different type of matches. We believe that we will be able to introduce, uh, you know, uh, many game modes around these uh, 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 board games of playing soccer, like four on four, six on six, you know, different types of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, rules. And we're kind of uh, creating uh, someone that uh, will go and grow and build the content around it. Um, we think that also in, in terms of NFT, we're building really amazing technology to have the ability to really uh, create a lot of uh, a, a lot of materials to the to the NFT, and maybe even go to a phase when we have seasons like uh, Fortnite when every quarter you're going to see new stuff coming, 
surprises, stuff that you know will be uh, related to if I'm do a breeding I have in this season a chance to get something that will be created only this season. So mm -hmm. the amount of content and, and infrastructure that we can build with a very uh, 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 joyful and, and good mechanics that we already see that people really like. So most of the work is now transforming the concepts in terms of technology and also structure the, uh, the roadmap. So we will get the winners first and then you will see it goes to a place that I believe in three years it will be hard to notice a mobile game from a Web3 game. They will look the same. They will look the same. And how early do you integrate the community into part of, of your game design, your game development? Like, like what is... You know, are you doing it now already when, when the game is in? I'm not sure in what stage it is. We'll, we'll go into into engaging a little bit. But uh, but how early should should you involve the community? So so for example, two weeks ago, uh, we uh, released uh, uh, the gameplay uh, on YouTube and showed mm -hmm. a little bit uh, the status. And this is something you know that to have tens of thousands of people uh, watching that, commenting on that, Twitter, Discord, Telegram. I never did that before, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, these days when we launch a game, if it's not full features, full working, zero bugs, zero problems, and you know, once we saw them, we showed the, the community some of the frames before, immediately some of them say, I don't like the match, I don't like mm -hmm. the background. I don't like the size. Boom, we changed it. Okay, we got the feedbacks, not to uh, try and make them happy, but really to use the, the scenery. But you need to remember my, that our audience is not uh, actually only these uh, guys are now uh, on the community because they are the, the, the investors in terms of uh, community of the uh, uh, early adopters, the believers, the people that we feel that share investment together with us as pioneers, but we are willing to put this uh, game, you know, to the play-to-play, to, -play, to the free to... Um, we're trying to get to a point that we can tell someone, come play the game before you register, even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. If, I, if I can weigh in on this, like, I think one of the interesting concepts, right, um, is... And, and I think you know, one of the reasons Web3 games got criticized is, is a lot about uh, the fact that uh, the term Hello. play to earn. People don't like it, and I get it, because playing should not be about working. It should be about fun, right? The game is the game, um, and then there is the business around the game, right? This is the Web3 stuff. And uh, what we um, uh, try to build with this is, is actually to have you know, an amazing sports game. I was yeah. just watching your videos of, of the um, of Monkey League gameplay, and then just like, boop, the disappeared. <laughs> it's too much, too much to handle. Too much um, to handle. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was jumping in to to just mm -hmm. add. Uh, you know, Raz was mentioning play to play, and, and and I've mentioned that. You know, one of the I think justified criticisms around uh, Web three games is because the term uh, "play to earn" really triggers people. 
Uh, and I think it's it's for the right reasons. You know, play should be fun. It's not mm-hmm. it's not about work, right? Um, and I think you know what we're trying to do with Monkey League is ask ourselves the big questions like, okay, if our players had money, if they suddenly came across a lot of money, would they mm-hmm. still play the game, right? Because I think you know with good games, if you had all the money in the world, all you'll do is play the games. Yeah. Uh, and and for games that are play to earn, quote unquote. Uh, if you had money, then you probably drop the game. So you know we're trying to build a game that is fun to play, regardless of of everything. And then Web three and the business around the games and all the constructs uh, that are rewarding um, can be around it, right? So think about soccer again, um, and and again referencing to you know Brooks Brown and Delphi. It's it said it very nicely. There is no money in soccer. There is no money in soccer. All the money in soccer is around the game, right? Around professional players, viewership, ads, uh, leagues, tournaments. All of that is around the game. But when you step on the pitch, there is no money in it. It's just pure fun. Uh, and this is what we are trying uh, to build. But, you know, you have these bricks now that you can actually create a lot of interesting constructs because it's token-based and NFT-based. You couldn't do that with, uh, with a Web2 server, for instance. So, you know, for instance, you know, there can be team owners, right? Just people, you know, self-organizing in, in Discord groups, uh, finding, you know, players that are good in the game. Mm-hmm. And through a smart contract, which is just another construct of Web3, um, form this team. So when players professionally play and 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 you know beat other players and actually win a token uh this token is then distributed to the team owners maybe to coaches that are there maybe to stadium owners that created a place where everybody can play so all of this can be self-organized and orchestrated as the developer you don't need to take care of all of that it can be self-manifested uh, in this and this is you know pretty pretty wild and there'll be good things and bad things but the fact that that it exists now is is pretty is pretty mind blowing and and you know as mentioned you know esports professional players uh, you know that they're, they're a percentage of, of the entire uh, population of gamers right with this it can be anybody you know mm-hmm. anybody can play professionally now if if he likes it if he wants it but if he doesn't then he can just play the game but if you separate and if you believe that it's play to play and the business is is around the game then you can uh, completely disconnect the game from uh, from crypto, and then the game can be published on on app stores, um, you know, on consoles, and you can get all of this adoption because you've separated what is fun to what is business, and then you'll have people that are more interested in the business around the game, you know, the managers, the professional players, the traders, all of that, and that is amazing. They don't even need to play the game if they don't want to, and you have people that are just there for the pure fun. And they'll just, you know, love playing uh, uh, the game. And and what's interesting about this is it's not just the assets that can be ported to other things. It's it's also identity and reputation that can mm-hmm. be, um, you know, put on on an NFT or on on the blockchain, and that can move around with you. So you know, for instance, think about you know Web two games. If if you are a top ten player on Call of Duty. Um, can you port that reputation to Halo today? Of course you can't. With this, you can. 
and and it doesn't. And maybe this is something that you know um, game developers actually actually want. You know, I do want the top players of one game playing my game, right? I do mm -hmm. want to port this identity, and all of this is is uh, is available now. And and I think the magical word here is, is composability, the, the fact that you can build all these things. And again. Uh, one of the nicest uh, terms I've heard is, you know, composability is the compound interest of software, right? Uh, with this, you can, you know, build these uh, uh, grand things. So, Shav, one of the interesting things that you, I was, we were talking um, in real life, and and I remember asking you what what makes uh, what makes a good Web three game or Web three game project, and you said above everything, it's not. The, uh, it's not the game, it's not, it's not the team, it's not those aspects, it's who do you know? And essentially what kind of a community can you build around it and who are your early adopters? Is that still the fact and, and can you kind of open up a little bit uh, those elements? Sure, you know, as, as, we've, as we've said, you know, it's Web3 is, is the internet orchestrated by tokens, mm -hmm. right? And these tokens have holders, right? So, um, you know, who are you bringing into your digital nation? Right, and who supports it? What major powers uh, support this? And, um, and 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 I think this is why it matters so much, right? If you have a group of of true believers very early on, um, especially if they're you know well connected to this space and can take this to the next level, uh, and they buy in and they have these tokens, uh, it's you know it's self marketing. Right, marketing in Web three is very different to Web two. The the whole go to market is very is very different. It's not about marketing funnel. It's about communities and holders, no. and you know all have the same incentives. All want to use the platform. All want to tell about it to to, the, to, you know, to their friends and, and build around this. So this is why it matters uh, so much because as Raz mentioned, you know the, the project can be very early on. You can come in with idea, right? This is what we're thinking of building. Um, who's excited about this? Who wants to buy in? Who wants to help us fund this? Right? And they come in, um, and then you're building it. You know, you can be the main developer, but over time, you know, this a lot of this is open source, and, and people can build around it very interesting uh, things and, and help you. And they want to promote this, um, you know, for social merit, uh, but also for financial merit because you know they bought in very early on and they want to see this succeed. If you were, uh, if you could have bought in, you know, shares of you know, even Facebook very early on, probably this is the platform you'll use, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and this is why this is so uh, important because, you know, ideas and gameplay, all of this can change over time. Um, but the core community, the people that, you know, raise this kid when he's very young and needs all mm -hmm. the help he can get are critical uh, to the success of these games. And how do you, how do you, how do you get that? Like, how do you start off with with a with a good community? Um, so, uh, you know, first of all, the, the, there are no silver bullets; just a lot of lead mm -hmm. bullets. But uh, um, I think this is what you know. My team and myself. This is what we brought into the to the table. We've been in this space very early on. We've built communities of you know hundreds of thousands of, of people, and and I think we understand uh, what it it's all about. And it's um, it's about you know, being there, first of all, you know, you, you can't just, you know, come in with a marketing campaign every two months and, and think you're building a community. This is not that at all. You need to be there, you know, 24-7, uh, 
be uh, responsible, attentive, transparent, answer uh, questions, uh, you know, bounce ideas. Um, it's about being able to tap into communities that are already there. You know, you know, there are millions of people in, in crypto. How do you get them to listen? Like, who do you know that is influential in these communities and buy into your vision um, and can help you take this um, to, to more people to, to listen to? How do you build, you know, the, the proper channels that allow people to distribute the information uh, uh, easily? Uh, messaging. It's uh, a lot of things that need to be carefully coordinated uh, together. Uh, because one of the things that, that people miss is, you know, this whole universe is is governed by, you know, Telegram, Discord. So people come in with with um, with handles, right? They don't come in with their real life profile with their full name, right? And 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 what it what it means is that. This is a very much confidence-based market because it's tokens, because people tend to be anonymous. Uh, confidence is critical. It's it's much more critical than, than in any other uh, market, and um, you know it's it's very difficult to build confidence and very easy to to lose it. So you need to think about this with every action that you do. How do you make sure that people remain confident? How do you um, how do you act so responsibly so like you know we appear with our own full names you know we um we are not uh, unknown developers mm -hmm. know, sitting behind a keyboard somewhere uh the the, uh, the team's um bio is is up there on the website uh again being very liable and very open um is, is also pretty critical mm. That, that, that makes sense. So, you know, there, there are definitely the developers where you only have the Twitter handle uh, for the uh, for the founders. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that builds or um, at least adds to the distrust towards everything that is happening. Uh, but can you can we talk a little bit about kind of like where are we now in terms of Web3 games? Like there's the Axie Infinity. Uh, there's the certain first wave of Web3 games that we've been seeing that are you know, to put it mildly, quite simple. Um, and what are what are you building in at Uncage in in reaction to what's happening in the market and the trends? Okay, so I'll take this, and then I'll let us uh, expand uh, uh, more about about this. So, uh, as I mentioned, I think the team in Uncage is pretty unique in the sense that you know, deep expertise both in Web three and, and and in gaming. Um, we are building. Um, we know we are infrastructure first. So Raz and and uh, and, and the team behind him um, is building a, a pretty robust infrastructure that will allow us to release games, um, you know, at a high production value at a, and in scale. Um, and you know, a lot of people. It, there are some platforms out there, you know, like Forte, FTX is building something, Flow, all great. Uh, but they will help you launch a game. They will not help you manage the game after you launch it. So live ops and everything that is so critical, uh, this is something that Raz and his team uh, is building. In terms of content strategy, so you know, we're building uh, sports strategy, maybe even eSports strategy uh, around Monkey League, coming out with, with a soccer game and then uh, other sports game. Uh, but we are also developing... Um, um, at least one game with uh, AAA Studio, uh, which we can 
name right now, um, but they want to tap in both to the platform and to the knowledge that is um, that we have right now to, to release a game uh, later this well, next year. Um, so a few big things are happening right now. First is production value. Obviously, you know, it, it's if, if people are to remain interested in these games, uh, production value needs to be high. And, and this is one of the core principles uh, that, that we have in Uncaged, and this is what we're producing. Um, the second thing is uh, economy. And Raz will tell you a lot uh, about this, but um, the sort of economies that we've seen in the first wave are not sustainable because they are growth dependent. Um, and I think last year even Raz said, you know, we need to take free-to-play ideas and principles that work and merge them to Web3 uh, for this to be much more sustainable. Um, and, you know, we now recently see Axis doing that and, and others. So the economy model uh, in Uncage is, is much more robust than the, what we see out there right now. Um, two other things that are core principle is, is play to play. As I've mentioned, we want to separate what is fun to what is business. Um, and also adoption. The, the thousand X opportunities with the two billion gamers out there, not with the uh, million uh, crypto gamers uh, out there right now that are very much reward oriented. So how do we make this easy for them to onboard? Um, and how do we make the game accessible on multiple platforms? So it comes down to you know developing over Unity, uh, which is what Raz and his team are doing, and then, uh, as, as we mentioned, separating crypto from, from games uh, and launching on, on, um, on multiple uh, platforms. Um, Raz, dig in. So maybe a few more uh, aspects. First of all, we see web coming back. So we used to do games on web, we moved to mobile. Now we see web is coming back, it's nice. And mobile will be the second phase, but web is easier. Uh, on top of that, um, we see that you know the character issues, like the NFTs and how to evolve them inside the economy. I was really, uh, I really loved the, the, the I, I don't remember if it was Twitter or something that Axie Infinity said where we just crossed the 10 million uh, characters. Feels like the 1 million was uh, a minute ago. And I was saying, wow, it's not very good to this ecosystem, you know, there are too many characters, they're losing the identity, they're losing the ability of the characters to be meaningful. These are stuff that need to be t taken care of. On the other hand, if I got a very special monkey that is like the Messi or Ronaldo of, uh, of this world, he won't be able to stay the Messi or Ronaldo of this world forever. It needs to be think how to to put, you know, room for uh, the new Messi's and Ronaldo's uh, uh, to be born. So there are a lot of things that relates to how to, uh, um, you know, uh, fix the fundamentals issues related. And I feel that the next wave coming is about not promising stories and Cinderella's and stuff like that, but really coming and say, guys, it will be very nice to have a player-owned economy. It's true that games needs to be to built into this uh, concept. I also don't see a way to take an existing game and to move it into Web3, okay? But ecosystem that will be built to be part of, uh, and part of it will be uh, 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 the player-owned economy 
can go to a very nice, very interesting, and very uh, enjoyable and, and, and friendly and, and, and fair ecosystem. Uh, so it's actually trying to find this path because obviously we know gamers and people will not go to a path of, uh, of scams or stuff that will not work. This will not be the revolution. Um, and actually, this is, uh, as, a, as a pioneer, this is, this is actually what we're trying to focus on and to bring. Um, I believe it will take a little bit uh, time, and on the meantime, um, you will see features that are not very promising in terms of changing mm -hmm. the world. And the more time will go, more infrastructure will be out there. Um, it will grow. Got it. So, so you essentially believe that that the, uh, if I can just recap, that the fir first wave is is has been you know very simplistic and and not have and haven't really focused on what is possible or what is sustainable, and you're you're focusing on on building something more on a, on a platform side and especially focusing on the accessibility and the gameplay. So, um, for me, for me, by yeah. example, for example, uh, uh, since I was. Uh, also involving in creating platforms and stuff that related to games, you know, managing uh, so many great games in Playtica give a lot of insights. So for, for me today, some of these uh, 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 platforms going to create platforms for games, which they haven't even had a game in production because not many games out there mm -hmm. is very, uh, you know, it's a tough challenge. Uh, we are talking about the fundamentals infrastructure of doing support, of doing, you know, uh, 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 live ops operation, analytics, maybe uh, allowing you as an owner or a player to have a log of stuff happen, just like you see in the bank, you mm -hmm. know, because it's uh, maybe, you know, similar in a way. Um, and yeah. On, on this matter, uh, eventually all these Lego blocks that we build, that we will use when the community will build, will eventually create more worlds of you know, UGC and, and, and metaverses and stuff like that. But it will, it will take some time. It will take some time before we see these uh, you know, uh, futuristic uh, movements to uh, something that we cannot even think about. And and you said um, you said web is back and we're seeing web coming back. Well, that's that's the case kind of with with, uh, with with web three, just because they've been locked out most not mostly well kind of mostly locked out out of the uh, the app ecosystem. There are games that 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 do have blockchain element and a free to play element as well. Like Thetan Arena is a, is a good example of, of games like that. But I was I was kind of wondering like like you say web is coming back, but web is not nearly as accessible as mobile and there's a reason why we moved from facebook canvas and from web games to mobile games so kind of like what's what's your perception on on web's role in the long term like i understand now it's it's so faster so to develop I'm, I'm, I'm questioning myself and mm -hmm. again i don't know what will be the end outcome but i know what i feel now i feel now that in these kind of games having some of the uh, ui ux on the web Mm -hmm. It's easier. Just like yeah. today when you go to take care of your Spotify account, they take you out of the Spotify, they take you to the web. Even Apple mm -hmm. do that. Okay? And, uh, and the reason that, you know, you can 
allow yourself. Now, I, I, it's also true that, you know, the wallet extension and most of the stuff relates to security. You know, it's, it's easier to do stuff on the web and therefore maybe going to the web first and then mobile will be something that you will see more. But uh, even though I feel that, you know, having so many metrics, like Shahaf was mentioning, the core gameplay and the money around it or the meta game around it, we will see that maybe it will be easier to have a mobile game, even on the App Store, that it's a game only. But going to see my assets and managing my assets and doing other stuff on the web. And not like importing everything into the uh, UI, UX of the small phones or, or doing, uh, you know, uh, huge Unity project to allow all this stuff to be on iPad. Yeah. Because yeah, you will yeah. have your playtime. And you will have your working, managing, and uh, arranging asset type. And it will yeah. be even, you know, easier. No, of course, of course. It's, it's easier, but, but there's the, um, I mean, Web3 games have accessibility issues. Like, uh, any time I want to try a new project, there's the wallet, there's this, there's that. And it's just like, and, and not to mention the price it takes some, sometimes to, to try a game. Like, it costs the same as a PS5 to even start playing something. So for me, that's, that's immediately a no-go right there. We, <laughs> we, believe in, we believe in try before you buy. We want to go to try before register because uh, we say, guys, even if I don't have a wallet, yeah. then, uh, then it's, it's not giving my Facebook Connect and I'm in. Okay? And, and we want to get there. Okay, uh, it's true that now running uh, Unity on uh, on WebGL uh, versus you know telling you maybe you will uh, download it or so mm -hmm. something like that will be a different uh, case in in uh, lower hand laptops and stuff like that. But we're working working on that, so maybe it will be second phase of downloading something that is uh, higher quality. Uh, but the idea again is to welcome the new revolution and new phenomena rather than uh, you know say we believe in mobile we believe like yeah. what's gonna be easier what's gonna you know come faster we will be there and from there we will always have the ability to evolve mm -hmm. and uh, also worth uh, mentioning that um, there are a lot of teams out there again unrelated to games uh, trying to solve a lot of things that are difficult in, in crypto. And again, what, you know, what's difficult in crypto is also what gives you the security in many cases. The fact mm -hmm. that you need to store your keys yourself means that you know, you're not uh, exposed to counterparty risk or you know, third-party custody and, and all of that. So, uh, you know, but there are solutions uh, out there, uh, NPCs and, and, and other things that would just make it easier. Um, so... Yes, we want to make this very accessible. So you've mentioned the cost of, of, of playing. So you can come in and play Monkey League for free. Definitely, you don't need anything. Uh, but don't expect to get the rewards, right? But you mm -hmm. can play for free. Um, and when it comes to mobile onboarding apps, uh, how do you store you know, keys on mobile? All of that is a bit clunky uh, today. Uh, but rest assured you know that are, that billions are, are being poured as investments to this to to solve this uh, and it will be solved because it's not such a difficult uh, uh, problem um, and and then we just adapt and adopt and, and integrate this to our systems we don't need to be the company that solves uh, mobile keys uh, but we'll 
you know, we'll just work with the best providers out there to make it easy. And a lot of things are easier today you know, compared to what it was in, in 2015. I mean, you couldn't even buy anything with your with your credit card, right? Yeah. And that is very much solved uh, these days. Um, it will be easier. Uh, everybody's working to, to make it easier. And what else is sort of un- unique about your company on Cage, uh, apart from, from this hybrid model of free-to-play and play-to-earn, uh, your focus on accessibility, allowing players to try the game before they, they get into it? Uh, what, what, what else kind of like sets you apart and, and makes you the, uh, the sort of a next wave of Web3 games? Uh, so I've mentioned, of course, production value, uh, mm-hmm. which is critical. We have, you know, uh, you know, one of the best art in probably globally, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely in Israel. Um, uh, so production value is, is, is critical. You know, we're trying to build substantial IP uh, things. You know, we spare no investment uh, in, in, in that. Uh, the game itself is unique, right? This is not just something uh, we're you know, taking something that is already working and, and adapting it. So the idea is uh, is FIFA Street in terms of theme, you know, meets chess. So what if soccer was played on a chessboard? So it's strategy uh, and sports, but at a very high uh, pace. And, and Raz will probably uh, tell you more about it. Um, the game, you know, when you when you start playing the game, it's uh, your players are NFTs, right? The team is NFTs. But as we mentioned, if you don't have the NFTs because you don't want to buy them yet, you don't need necessarily to, to have them. You can uh, either rent them or just play without NFTs. Uh, the rewards are different uh, if you do that. Uh, the NFTs themselves are, are different. Um, the NFTs in, in our game actually improves over time. So as you play the game, you win these experience points that you can later on delegate to make your NFT you know, have better strength, speed, accuracy, and so on and so forth. So there is an advantage in actually playing the game instead of just hoarding uh, NFTs. And again, this separates um, the game and the players from investors, maybe. Um, as Raz mentioned, uh, NFTs do retire over time, and uh, that's important to the economy. You know, looking 10 years ahead of time, you don't want to have you know, 10 million players all at level 99, right? <laughs> you need to retire players over time and, and maybe change direction. Uh, we, we've set levers on on the growth of the population. So it's not just about paying a fee and then you can create another NFT. There are actually items that we control. Um, and, and later on, you know, uh, the holders of the governance token can control, but over time, uh, we do control the size of the population. And these are, are again, lessons learned uh, over time. Um, the game loop is, is different. It's not just start playing the game, win reward, take the reward, dump it in the market. Uh, this is unsustainable. So um, the, our loop is different. It's kind of like you need to invest energy and in consumable items to play the game, uh, and we'll give you enough every day. But um, but if you actually want to win the high rewards, you will need to buy them in an in-game store. So introducing that into the gameplay uh, and everything that comes, you know, the sink and everything that comes to that, the treasury, uh, and that actually. F- you know, pays for the tournaments and all the special uh, uh, games, and and this is unique, um, and and this is already you know even before the game is launched, this is already in, kind of proved itself in a way because you know when we sold the NFTs like at an early pre-sale of the game assets, it it was sold out in you know 23 seconds, uh, five million dollars worth of NFTs were just sold out from the market and. 
their price has risen, I think, three or four X uh, 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 since, which is kind of incredible. Um, and also the in-game currency is already, you know, in circulation, and I think right now it reflects about 150 million dollars in, in in value. So that is also uh, unique. And then, you know, all the all the advanced uh, perceptions of, of you know play to play and not play to earn, um, and, and everything that we've mentioned. But uh, um, I think Raz will probably you know want to add in. I think we said so much in this talk. You know, I can I can just summarize that you know for yeah. me, um, uh, Uncage is about going to unknown territory. It's about being pioneer, but a responsible one, because uh, you know you start a game, but then you find uh, millions of people engaging that, uh, enjoying that. So we're going out to a new territory of the Web three doing uh, joyful, uh, healthy uh, products uh, to the entertainment uh, industry and to, uh, to the people. I think that uh, uh, being early in a new market has a lot of advantages, has a lot of risks also because, you know, we are definitely out of the comfort zone. Um, no, nobody knows but we believers and we are waking up every morning to uh, the hard work of uh, making it happen um, and yeah I wanted to ask a couple of questions regarding re regarding the unique points so actually two things so unique gameplay like how do you like we I know how to validate gameplay on mobile do you use the same ways to validate that something is working on on web3 and the second point well actually let's go for the first point first like how do you validate so the first unique point gameplay? is for me for me for me audience is audience it doesn't care if he's now on mobile on the TV or on the on the web okay he wants uh, uh, the entertainment that is uh, aligned to the vibe of today's entertainment, okay? Just like, you know, music. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to uh, short rounds, uh, a two, three minutes match that you can uh, immediately know if you scored goals and you have progress bars, you know, of accumulation prices going up, and uh, probably we're going to create... Uh, you know, the right players matching and, and, and leagues to climb inside and stuff uh, that we're already planning. But the idea is that, you know, I can go, I can play a few rounds, I can, you know, take a phone call maybe if it's PvE and it's okay. If it's PvP, I need to, uh, to react. But uh, the game is not going into a one hour of uh, gameplay, just, you know, the hardcore or mid-core players. It's going to be accessible and casual. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to the, uh, also to people that maybe are not heavy gamers. Yeah. That maybe are now entering the gaming scene. There's also the playtest, which is what's unique is that, you know, maybe the first two playtests are company-wide, right? Uh, but then uh, one of the cool things that we started doing is inviting other people to our playtest. Right, so they can be, you know, gamers. They can be, uh, you know, backers or people with large community. I mean, Mishka, we, we want to invite you to a playtest, right? That's so you can great. play the game with us and tell us, uh, you know, if it's good, what's not, and and you can take all this uh, feedback very early on, right? Uh, and it's not just the echo chamber 
of the people that already understand everything, like they have this perceived knowledge and, 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 and now they, no, this is different. You can invite people very early. It's, it's not considered shameful, right? It's actually what you need to do in Web3. And then uh, uh, take that to the next playtest and, and evolve. And when the game is out, people are already, yes, this is what we've actually uh, tailored to ourselves. Yeah. We love it. So it's the same same approach, and, and that's smart. Uh, but but the more interesting uh, you know question was why do you want to separate players from investors? Like you mentioned that a couple of times, and and of course like a lot of these games, that, that's what I've been wondering is like how do you how do you balance your game so that normal people can play it and crypto bros enjoy it as well or crypto sis? Like how is that the part of that that you're referring to? Yes. Yeah, so. So there are actually two games running, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and you don't want to force the people that just want to play the game uh, uh, to be part of the business that they don't enjoy. Um, and you don't want to force the people that are, you know, in it for the business to actually, you know, force them to play a game. I don't want to force anybody to, to play the game. So if you are more interested in the business around the game, you know, maybe you don't have that much time mm -hmm. to, to play. Uh, but you are very okay with you know buying a lot of players and renting them to other players. This is your game. This is, and you know it all comes down to uh, what excites you, what gives you, what gives you the rush, right? So I, I rest assured that prof some professional traders that love their work enjoy it the same way that uh, professional gamers or esports gamers will enjoy their work. It's about what's fun. So for them. The, there is the, the the way they count uh, uh, winnings and losses is how much you know goals they've scored in the game. Exactly. Uh, for others, it will be you know what's um, what's the rate that I've made, like what how much money did I make uh, uh, today from you know trading these NFTs, um, and these are two different uh, uh, people. It can be the same person, right, doing this and then doing that, and and it's awesome and it's great. Um, but there is a distinction, and and if you you know force people, twelve year olds that want to play soccer with a strategy on a chessboard, to start working with tokens, um, or, or force professional traders to now play a game, and they don't have that time, uh, you're wrong. This is not entertainment. So this is why we create, um, we don't force this separation, but we allow you to. Take the aspect of the game that you like most, and and focus on that, right? Mm -hmm. And this is and, and Web three allows you to do that, and and this is uh, uh, how we see this space, you know, moving forward. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, people in you know third world countries grinding a game that they bloody hate uh, <laughs> to win some some money uh, uh, to pay rent. I mean, this is. I don't think games are, are about this. This should be, you know, like soccer is. There's yeah, the game, game, the game is exciting, people love it, and then there is, and because people love it, and because it excites people, uh, there is a lot of business around the game. And mm. some will do that, and some will do that, and, 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 and I think this is how everybody will make it. Perfect. And let's talk a little bit about scaling, because this, this has been an... I mean, I, I do talk to some of the some of the companies that are making Web three games or who have moved from mobile to Web three games, and I've talked to some other people who are doing marketing for those games. And and anecdotally, some of them have been saying that it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> like what they've what they've gotten used to on on 
mobile, even though mobile is getting much more difficult with the uh, with the IDFA and the ATT. But um, but they said like the difficulty of, of of building a player base, at least for those companies, have been significant. Like they're fighting to get a couple of hundred players in, just because there's so many obstacles before players can actually enter the game. So what is your approach of scaling your game of Monkey League? Like, how, how are you approaching this? Um, so scaling, you know, it's, it's not just about marketing and player base. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of technology, you know, we're using Solana as the core infrastructure, the blockchain infrastructure, and Solana is, is, is great in terms of scale. And, and, and obviously, we know we've built systems around it. Our game operation system uh, supports scalability. Uh, and then, yes, there is the marketing uh, aspects. And, and I think people that have, have been professional marketeers uh, for Web2 companies um, have very little advantage when it comes to Web3 because this is, uh, you know, we're not in Wonderland anymore, Alice. This is very different. Uh, you cannot use, you know, above-the-line advertising, performance-based advertising uh, will not work the same way. It's not the same platforms. It's community-driven, um, and there are advantages and disadvantages uh, of that. Um, if you find the right community that, that promotes you, if you manage you know, to, to unlock and tap into something, um, you grow, you, know, you have a, a growth jump, right? It's not player by player like you would do uh, in, you know, maybe in Facebook advertising. Uh, you tap into a community, and you know, then 2,000 people uh, immediately uh, are, are looking into this. Um, it's about the, putting the right incentives in place, right? So people that will own your NFT or your in-game currency are more likely to promote your game than people who won't. So how do you get, um, and, and, and how does it all make sense economically, uh, to get you know a wide distribution of your in-game currency and NFTs to people that will then you know self-market uh, the game itself. Um, so you, you save a lot of money in terms of because you don't do you know Facebook, Google advertising and so on, um, and, but you spend some of of, of your assets uh, in order to attract new players. So this is very again um, uh, very different. Um, there are guilds. Right, so over time, one of the one of the things that have evolved, and probably out of necessity, is because you know, because as you mentioned, games became a bit uh, more expensive to start playing with. Uh, so along came a new model called the guilds. So the guilds are will be just you know like like DAOs or you know a group of people that have raised a bunch of funds and will buy a lot of uh, uh, game assets, and they will. Um, kind of ease the way for new players to come in and play because, hey, you don't mm -hmm. need to buy the assets. I'll give you the assets. You'll play, and we'll do some revenue share. Um, so Monkey League uh, has, has uh, you know, signed contracts with all the major guilds out there. They've all bought in uh, a lot of the in-game assets. Um, and, you know, one of the go-to-market strategies is that, you know, they are now economically incentivized to... Uh, send in, you know, their tens of thousands of players to start playing Monkey League when the game is launched because, you know, they bought the in-game assets. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not just, uh, uh, it's not the law. It's a very good idea for them to to do that. Uh, so there is that um, uh, as well. Um, so yeah. So again, it's community-based marketing. It's it's about being there. It's about sharing. It's about uh, 
incentivizing people with the in-game assets, and it's about working, you know, with major groups that can pour mm -hmm. in a lot of, of players. But obviously, down the line, it will boil down to the game and how sticky it mm. is. And if people love playing the game, uh, will grow. And if people hate it, there are not enough incentives. <laughs> so, so basically, going a step back and almost a to guerrilla marketing type of a thing, where you have to engage with the communities and 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 um, instead of. LTV versus customer acquisition cost. You're, you're kind of going back to the roots, and that's why the communities are so important. Yes, uh, but, you know, so far, by the way, in, in the games, mm -hmm. the lifetime value of players, right, if that can be measured, mm -hmm. is substantially higher than in any other game or sector because, uh, uh, because of the, uh, the volatility of the assets, right? So, uh, you know, I think Axie Infinity did uh, like one point five billion in trading um, sometimes uh, last year right so this is very, this is uh, and he did that with like a million players right not no, tens of ten million yeah, players of course uh, so the values can, can be pretty pretty high obviously over time it would be uh, lowered a bit um, but you know a lot of things are happening in parallel right uh, uh, better games are being built and uh, it, crypto generally speaking, becomes much more accessible and the tools are becoming easier and, you know, big tech is, is promoting a lot of these things uh, uh, as well. Um, so I think it will be less of, less of an issue over time and those who were in early on uh, will have a lot of benefits. Got it. Got it. No, no, that, that, that makes that makes sense, though. It is, uh, it is challenging. It is challenging coming from the mobile world where we focused on well, you know, big launches and scaling games pretty quickly to to really starting to scale up and, and do all the groundwork and then investing in the communities long before you have the game because that's so crucial because you don't have essentially other channels to to do the work uh, or, or to grow your games. Um, that's true. Like, but again, yeah. it's, it's less competitive, right? Because yeah. not a lot of people, you don't have, you know, thousand marketing agencies doing the same thing on the same platform, uh, raising your CPIs, right? Uh, this is a... As I mentioned, it's 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 pioneers, right? So yeah, and then you find have a, a decent route. Yeah, yeah. You also don't have a centralized store that can promote your game, where it gets the featuring and gets the millions of installs and, and so forth. So, so there's a there's a lot of challenges that that are probably here because of the early stage of the market uh, that will likely change as things become more centralized, as these layer ones, layer twos, you know, set up probably their own storefronts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Regarding layer ones, layers two, what is the uh, the sort of a technology stack that a Web three game should and will have at the beginning, and and um, how is it different from from the current games? Like the current games, well, initially, essentially, it's uh, Unreal or Unity. That's that's pretty much what what the current stacks are. Uh, but but what is it like with uh, with with Web three games? So. You know, Unreal Unity is, is still very much relevant. Mm -hmm. um, we are building on on Unreal, oh, sorry, on Unity, of course. Uh, so this is still relevant. So the game client itself, it's the same uh, tech stack. Uh, what's uh, different is, you know, well, first of all, you have the layer one you need to pick, right? This is the blockchain network you run on, and it depends on what aspects of the game uh, will be what is called on-chain and what will be off-chain. So you need to be very smart and strategic about uh, about that, and and make sure that you don't you know, put everything unnecessary stuff on-chain uh, and and everything that is necessary to be on-chain and tracked forever should be there. Uh, we've picked Solana uh, as as our network. 
there are other solutions uh, out there, but just looking at the ecosystem, I think Solana was, is the right fit uh, at this stage. Um, then there is the crypto wallets, right? How users uh, that are involved in the business of the game actually uh, store their tokens, store their NFTs. Um, this is not something that as the game developer you need to build. Uh, this is what's cool about the, the space. It's composable, right? So um, Solana build their chain, and then other developers build crypto wallets to, that support Solana. So, you know, uh, uh, Phantom, for instance, is a, is a pretty popular one. Uh, but then you need to connect your game to that wallet. And it's pretty, it's pretty easy, it's pretty fast. Raz did it himself in a couple of minutes or hours. I don't know, Raz did it. I mean, Raz can do that. Um, then there is, uh, I think the, the, the most difficult part is around the blockchain development that you need to do. Uh, smart contracts and everything around it. Um, this is different, this is not you know, Java or C, the, these are, you know, uh, different languages like Solidity, Rust, and, and so on. It's pretty difficult to find developers. Easier in Israel, I guess, but it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty difficult. Um, and, um, and you need to be very careful with that because you are going to handle financial transactions, uh, circling back to what you've mentioned as the Axie hack uh, pretty early on. Uh, if you don't build this properly, you're jeopardizing your users. You should be very uh, smart in how you develop, how you audit, uh, third-party audits, and so on. Um, it's not rocket science, but just make sure that you do it right. So this is, I think, is like the, the tech stack around uh, the game. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we are building our own infrastructure. We're building a platform, um, a game OS, uh, to handle all of this uh, uh, at scale, whether it's for ourselves or just for partners working with us. Uh, so, okay, so blockchain network, crypto wallet, smart contract. You mentioned your own operating system, your own platform. Um, why did you choose to build your own platform before you have the first game out? Like, or is it that you're building your game and platform kind of comes on the side and it's an investment for you to scale up? Because I know that it's the smartest approach on, on paper, uh, but in my experience, every time you start building a platform before the game, you end up, you know, you know, you end up going slower than, than you were supposed to, and no, you end the, up learning so, a lot so, of things. Yeah. So it's exactly what you mentioned. We are kind of uh, setting the components components in a way that we will be able to reuse them, but we are currently uh, creating them for uh, Monkey League. But mm -hmm. when we are doing that, we need to remember while creating them that is uh, agnostic. Most of the work in, in, in building platforms is first of all thinking about a developer or a team that's gonna come, you know, the commentation, APIs, exactly. Exactly. QL, all these uh, things. So th these are things that we will take care of uh, later. It's not a B2B business that we're building. Uh, but uh, understanding that, you know, when you build a game and you know it from many other games company, a lot of work is in the infrastructure. Yes. Having payment services, having, you know, uh, analytical services, having, you know, different type of services that, you know, usually can be used for a different game. Uh, it's uh, crucial and it saves a lot of time from uh, point to point when, when the technology is new, when the setup is new, when you need to do uh, uh, dramatic things in order to uh, develop. Um, 
the, the thing about the, the decentralized concept is, you know, sometimes you want to have a pre-prod or, or some people call it a stage uh, server to try and test uh, stuff or development server. But how can you test stuff or do you know everything that you do in a code on a live net that nobody controls? And, and so you need to solve a lot of things in, in creating this kind of... Uh, quality, entertainment, high production value uh, things, and we're working it for a studio. And when we solve these uh, things for a studio, for uh, game development and games that will come for ourselves or for uh, other partners in the future, we will be able actually to say, we thought that this will be the best way to solve this and this and to give uh, tools that are already uh, working and proven. This Got it. So, so in, essentially, uh, studios can choose whether they want to hack something together really, really, really fast and get things going, or they can go extremely slow and build a platform, after which they start building a games for that platform. So you kind of chosen the middle ground where you're trying to make things in a more sustainable way so that you yeah. can launch more project and you don't have to start from ground zero with the next one because you hacked the first one. All right. Exactly. Uh, Okay, so so um, so before I let you go, like, what's next for Uncaged? Like, what what is what should um, um, people interested in Web three, uh, potential players, especially you know the gaming industry, be looking at with with Monkey League and Uncaged overall? So for me, the focus is simple. Um, we're gonna see uh, breeding, hopefully soon. So people will be able not only to uh, buy uh, the characters but also to be uh, uh, breeders and to create the future characters because we will need more characters for players to come. And the next phase for us is just, you know, bringing uh, the, the first loop and create a utility for, uh, for the token. Actually creating uh, uh, the meaning of having this token and using it for playing and for the game. These are the two things. Maybe in, in, a, in a more uh, high level, I guess, um, the studio is now focused on, on you know, three things. Uh, one is uh, launching Monkey League, which is, you know, the first uh, title um, that will be launched this year. And it's a record time for a high production value uh, mm -hmm. game uh, with, with all the unique features of, of Web3. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, you know, very detailed uh, in, in you know the next milestones that are around um, you know breeding the NFTs and, and building a lot of uh, utility around it. So that's coming this year. Uh, we continuously develop uh, our platform, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, side by side with the game, um, and uh, we'll probably announce uh, the name of the AAA uh, that is. Uh, working with us to co-develop a game, so the idea is that you know we bring in the platform and the knowledge, and they'll bring in the game. So that will probably mm -hmm. be announced uh, later this year as well. Uh, and you know, one of the things that uh, you know took some of our time uh, recently is uh, we finalized our, uh, our Series A and fundraising, and uh, again that would be probably announced in a couple of weeks as well. Awesome. And so, so when is when is Monkey League coming to uh, to a point where people can start playing it? So Q4 this year. Q4. All right. To the, uh, but and, they can and probably start playing, uh, but you'll be able to play it sooner with the playtest. Okay. Got it. Well, I'm 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 private to uh, to early access. <laughs> so so that's that's Q4, and then uh, announcement of uh, of a AAA studio working on your platform. So essentially, you'll be operating 
two games uh, next year? Is that the goal? Yes, uh, we'll, we'll see how long it takes the studio to produce the, the next game, like the Triple mm. uh, But but yeah, but you know, probably next year, uh, most of the focus will be on, on Monkey League, and uh, once it's launched, you know, to scale it up, uh, do all these tests, as Raz mm-hmm. mentioned. You know, we're all driving in the fog here and, and, and figuring out things as as we move along. Uh, this is what makes it so exciting and, and so valuable. Well. Uh, you know, rooting for you guys uh, and looking forward to, to getting to play test Monkey League and, um, and, and yeah, hear more news about the other uh, AAA games and, and uh, the funding news that should be coming uh, quickly after this, this podcast. So, Shahav and Raz, thank you so much for, for joining and sharing so much knowledge. I think this was a long one. Um, it's just such nice weather thank here. You. I was thinking just sitting half outside and just baking in the sun and talking to you guys. So why not? All right, why uh, not? Exactly. So, everybody, thank you for listening. Any thank feedback, you. any comments, any questions, uh, there's going to be links below in the description of this podcast. Uh, on that note, thanks, and uh, hear you talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mishka.